It's a real pleasure to uh, welcome uh, Mario Tello from the Catholic University of Peru to speak with us tonight. Mario is holding our um, CAF visiting professorship in the econ economics of Latin America. Um, our relationship with CAF started uh, two years ago, and they have uh, very generously provided funds to, uh, first of all, to fund two MSc students here at the LAC in St. Anthony's every year. Uh, a series of workshops and events, uh, but also this very special visiting professorship uh, in Latin American economics, which brings a distinguished uh, practitioner of Latin American economics and academics as well to uh, Oxford for a period of three months uh, every Michaelmas term. And so uh, Mario is the new COF professor for this year. And uh, of course, we invite him to present his research and share it with you. Uh, Mario Teo is um, trained undergraduate at the Catholic University of Peru. He did a master's in economics at the um, University of Ottawa in Canada and a PhD at the University of Toronto. He specializes in um, international economics as well as subnational and regional economics, growth and poverty. And tonight he's going to speak to us about growth and poverty and subnational analysis of Peru. So, Mario, it's a super great, that's not a great good word, is it? <laughs> uh, it's a super pleasure to have you here. <laughs> So, sorry for my non-scientific English. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Timur, for su your super introduction. <laughs> um, first, I'm going to apologize because of my English. Sometimes I'm going to switch some, uh, to use some words in Spanish. Um, uh, maybe you know about what's going on in Peruvian economy in the last 20 or close to 30 years. And I begin my story, I'm going to tell today, uh, where Peru uh, started to change his model to a liberal model based on structural reforms and uh, macroeconomic uh, stabilization policies in 1990 with Alberto Fujimori. And this model, uh, based on structural reforms and also uh, stabilization programs, have no change since then. Even though the, the political uh, administration was having a different tone, but in terms, in economic terms, uh, the policy has no change with Alberto Fujimori, Valentin Baniagua, Alejandro Toledo, Alan Garcia, and now Ullanto Humada. No? The, the model emphasizes liberal market, uh, export sectors, and a little bit that depends of the of the of the president of the administration on social programs. Uh, the economic performance has been qualified for international organizations like uh, the IMF, the World Bank, and some others. Also, here I have some quotes from from the Economist, the German magazine from from here. If they say, for example, I, I have some quotes. First, uh, this is from February 13 of this year. They say que, I, uh, que Peru has emerged as one of the fastest growing and most stable, and most stable economies in Latin America. Uh, the rate of growth is about 6%, 6.5%, and the rate of inflation is close to 3%. Sometimes it's less than, than 3%. The World Bank uh, also uh, uh, says that has made, Peru has made 
great straight streets and in this development. His achievements including high growth rates, low inflation, macroeconomic stability, reduction of external debt, poverty, and significant advance in social and development indicators. Um, uh, in in uh, in just past July, the president of, uh, of the World Bank, Jin jong King, also have, have been in Peru. And he said in a newspaper, Peru can be a true model for the rest of the world. So he, he's saying, look, look what's happening in Peru. It's good, uh, it's good to see them and try to follow the policy uh, because they are doing pretty well. Uh, here has some, some data. That's the reason I quote this, uh, this special from the economist. The country is enjoying a virtuous circle of economic growth. On the, on the one hand, foreign investment is putting into mining, hydrocarbons, and big infrastructure projects. And on the other, the commodity export income has provided tax revenue, uh, allowing public investment to reach record levels at the domestic market for consumer products of all kinds. The result has been Eight years of growth, averaging 7% a year, faster than anywhere else in Latin America, uh, a little bit lower anyway than Panama. Those are the, 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 opinion, I mean, the, the opinions of this uh, 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 international organization. But when you ask to the people, and here I found one a pool uh, from this revista de Este de País, he, they present this list of, uh, well, you cannot see there very clearly, but they, they ask to those these different countries in Latin America how they are doing, how the country in terms of economic terms, what they are doing. E, e you can see where here, where you, you cannot see because it's not clear, but half of the people in this pool, which is, of course, it's not representative, but, but it, but I, I provide that to, to make my point. Half of the people, they are saying they are good, and the other people, they are saying they are not so good, even they are saying they are pretty bad. And I don't know if that's common in, 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 in industrialized countries, but this is very common in Latin American countries. You have the macro uh, figures, which is going well, but when you ask to the people how well you are doing from this economic <laughs> performance, they are saying, no, they are doing so bad. And here only all these countries above the average, you are going to see, starting with Peru, more than 50% of the population of the, uh, the, the survey, anyway, in the sample, they say that they are doing very bad, not only for Peru, but for all the Latin American countries. I am pretty sure that's the, something I am working now uh, trying to do the more or less the same methodology I'm going to show you today, but in rather to talk about regions of Peru because this this work is about regions of Peru. I'm going to expand for measure uh, countries rather than regions. And we have good performance at the macro level, and people they are saying that they are not so good. So there are two, uh, this presentation is going to do two things. One, to reconcile these two different views. The macro figures 
why the people think they are they are not so good. And second, and the second point is to say is that Peru have have in the last 20 years economic growth, but have not have economic development. So I distinguish economic growth from economic development. I'm going to present some figures. I'm going to measure because there are some different measures of of economic development, which is the, the, the key measure is what they call the structural change. And then I'm going to say, what are the effects of this process of economic development measures through a structural change to one particular uh, uh, indicator, which is uh, the poverty headcount ratio in the case of Peru. Okay. So here you can see what's happening in Peru in, in macro terms. This is the rate of growth, which is the axis is right here, it's average more than 6%. And this is the rate of poverty, the, the headcount rate of poverty. You can see in 2001, poverty was close to 55%, and now we are 25%. So in almost 10 years, uh, poverty has reduced in a half with a rate of growth of 6% per year. This R here is just to, to tell you what's, what's coming. I tried, I'm going to try to measure what is the relationship between economic growth and poverty. And this is the most uh, elementary way to, to measure, even though there is no causality here, just an association between rate of growth and poverty, and this is, is positive, and it's, well, it's negative, here is negative, but it's not significant. This is my first uh, uh, data that you can, they can explain this difference of view from the macro, from the micro level. This is the ratio, the labor productivity ratio, uh, using three ways to, uh, three units. One is sectors, which is mining, agriculture. One, another is activity, formal and informal. The and the third one is regional. <coughs> Uh, I have uh, I estimate the uh, labor productivity value added over the the labor force uh, of the region who has the highest labor productivity, which is in, in, in country we have in Peru we have uh, 25 regions, but usually when you get the data Lima and Callao, which is supposed to be two regions, I, uh, they are joined together. It's going to be one region. So in total we have. 24 regions. Moquegua is one of the regions in the south. It's the, the, the region who has the highest uh, productivity, labor productivity. Yapurima, which is one of the poorest regions in the country, has the lowest. The ratio is 50%. That means that for 100 pounds of labor productivity of Moquegua, Apurima is earning only uh, 50 pounds. Uh, here the, is, is worse the, the, the gap in productivity between the formal and informal 
uh, labor force. This is six percent. And from the mining sector, which is the main export sector in Peru, and the agricultural sector, which is the lowest in labor productivity, is also six percent. Remember, there is a strong relation between this labor productivity and income. You, of course, I can present also the income figures, you're going to see exactly the same. You see the same figures for industrialized countries or rich countries, for example, I have figures for the OECD countries, the gap maximum is 80%, 85%. Okay, so this is one indication that Peru has not have economic development. Why? Because there is still a big gap between sectors, between regions, or between activities. You can also do this by by firms. You are going to see that large firms will have higher productivity, labor productivity than small firms. That is nothing not happening in rich countries. I uh, now I'm working in, in, in countries and not using data from Peru, but using from Latin American countries. Yeah, I found exactly the same in Latin America. You can do the same graph for Venezuela, Argentina, even Chile. You are going to see big difference between these uh, labor productivities. Just one second, Maria. Um, excuse me, I see six people standing up back there, and there are six seats up here. So I was wondering if, you, if you'd like to come forward at all. Thank you. Okay, so big difference means there is, uh, there is no economic process despite of the high uh, uh, economic growth figures. Now, one way to measure economic development is... Uh, Here I want to, to, to pay, give you call attention to this what I had written here. According with the people who work in the field, economic development is a transformation of society that involves two processes: accumulation, growth, investment, and uh, sectoral composition. And they say. Uh, while sustained increase in the rates of accumulation or growth are necessary for long-run long run growth and transformation, these are not sufficient for economic development. The implementation of the second component needs to be completed for economic transformation to take place. So economic development for these guys uh, is to increase, from the economic point of view, is to increase sustainable productivity in all the units, the uh, sector activities or firms, whatever is your you, you unit of analysis, but at the same time, okay, this labor productivity had to converge. All the sectors, all the firms, all the, all the sectors. If that is not happening in Peru, it is, 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 is not happening also in, in, in most of the Latin American countries. So these are the figures here. Now, structural change. How uh, people have measured structural change? There is a lot of measure structural change. 
the traditional is the share of the agriculture or the primary uh, sectors, manufacturers, and service in, 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 in sector who have high productivity. So you expect through time that the share of agricultural primary products go down and increasing uh, the share of manufacturers and service in, in the, of high productivity. That's one way to look at external change. The other measure is the ratio between the consumer final goods and producing the new goods. In, in developing countries, this is uh, very high. This ratio is very high. That means the production consumer goods is higher than the, the production intermediate goods. In, in industrialized countries, this ratio is very low. The third measure is the decreasing share of the export of primary products and increasing share of manufacturers, even service. And the fourth measure is the one I'm using in this paper. is the contribution of labor resources uh, shift to labor productivity. Why I put resources? Because you can do the same formula not only for labor, but also for capital, for human capital, for all the, the, the factors that you can use in the production function, primary product you can use in the, in the process of production. Here I'm using the shift and the labor. Uh, why are using that? Because we have the luck that since 1997, the National Institute of Statistics in Peru are doing a survey in order to identify, to, to, to identify uh, workers in the informal sector and workers in the formal sector. Uh, we are talking about families. So actually, you have access to the data families. So that's the reason I, I, I did this, because you can do the same thing only using sectors. And then we have here another problem, uh, is what informality means. This is, uh, you, you have, uh, in one book, you can have many definitions of humanity. Here I just show you the, the most common can have been used in, in, in different papers, the World Bank and others. For example, informality measure is measured by the percentage of sales that business do not report. Most, a group of people, a group of international organizations like the World Bank, they think of informality are people who does, doesn't pay taxes. Okay, that's one way to look at. Uh, another another group of people, which I keep put the, the names of the authors, are uh, people who consider uh, for uh, informal workers if they belong to one of the following uh, categories: unskilled, self-employed people, salary working in a small private firm. A small, in terms of, of, of this, uh, of this uh, survey, is less than five uh, workers per firm. So it's very small. Actually, we call micro-firms. Uh, and also workers who have zero income. And here is another definition which is very big. This is the shadow, they call also the shadow economy. That includes all marks in legal production of goods and services that are delivered concealed from public authorities. For the following reason, to avoid payment of incomes, public access to other taxes, to avoid payment of social security contributions, to avoid having to meet certain level standards, all 
any payment, legal payment, they try to avoid. They they try to count all these figures, and they call it shadow economy. In uh, the range, once can you you define you what you mean by informal sector, the range of the total labor force barriers in the case of Peru. This is data for Peru, from 40 to 7 percent of the total labor force are doing are workers in the informal in doing informal activities. Uh, in terms of value added, uh, in my case I also mentioned another paper how much is the contribution of the informal sector is not so much. The last figure I have for ninety two for two thousand eight is about thirty, forty percent. But if you measure, uh, like these guys, uh, Schneider and so on, uh, as the shadow economy, in the case of Peru, they have measured this, this informal shadow economy, um, they represent 56% of the total GDP. So we are talking about formal, as, as I'm going to define in a little bit uh, later on, uh, formal firms that, because they don't pay, all these kind of taxes, of course, uh, the contribution, the value of is uh, very high. What definition, uh, even if, if you take this definition of the shadow economy, uh, United Kingdom has also shadow economy for them, and they represent 12% of the GDP, and United States is 8%. China is around 8% using this calculation of the shadow economy, which I, I am not using here. What I'm using here is the, uh, the International Labor uh, Office definitions. Uh, we say the following. A worker or self-employed worker belonging to the labor force is informal if engaged in productivity activities within an established case not legal register or does not keep a complete set of accounts. In, in the case of the survey in Ajo, Lenguesta Nacional de Barrios, uh, it's very easy to identify those people because they have a, a, a survey, a specific survey for them, and they call the trabajador independiente. So everybody who satisfies all these conditions go directly to this, to this survey, and you can do uh, a lot of uh, calculation. So I did the calculations. And these are the figures. Uh, this is a labor for economy, la población económicamente activity, uh, activa, economic, economic activity population. And this is the informal labor sector. Uh, the average for the 2002-2012, we, actually there are very recent figures, is 75% of the of the of the, of the total labor force who is informal. We, uh, the, uh, the INEI has computed using the data of 2012 income for this, for this sector. And the average income is, in solace, is less than the minimum uh, salary, which is, uh, well, in terms of solace, 70, one, uh, 750 soles. Which is less than less than two hundred dollars a month. So this this is for me as as a, a, a signal, a symptom of the Peru. This is another symptom that Peru have growth 
but doesn't have economic development. In terms of uh, the, the basic uh, history of the classic uh, development economies, which is the, the, the most uh, cited is uh, Lewis, uh, we can say that Peruvian economy and Latin American economies are dual economies. People who are good, uh, who are in good shape from the point of view of income, and people who, are in, who have very low income. And in terms of the share, is most of the people are in the in the uh, in, in the in the side who have uh, lower than uh, What is worse is that it hasn't decreased too much the size of the informal sector. And the average for 2002 2008 is uh, is 76 and. Uh, in the last two years, 2001, it fell up to 71, close to 72. So more or less 4 to 5 percent decrease of the share of the labor force in formal. So in 11 years of a rate of growth of 6.5 in average, the informal sector only has been reduced in 5 percent. In the share of the total labor force. You are simply mathematics. How much will take uh, the Peruvian economy that this sector disappears? That means to, that these people go to the formal sector 160 years, if the average rate of growth is 6.5% during the 160 years, which is, of, of course, is not possible to have that. That is the problem that we are facing. We have growth, but we don't have economic unemployment. Okay. Here is the way I measure the labor productivity. The structural chamber. Uh, this is uh, the change, the labor, uh, the rate of change of the labor productivity in region R in period T you can decompose in two parts. One we call the within effect and the other is the, the, uh, the between effect. What this means is the increase of the labor productivity within each of the activities. I divide the labor force in two activities, formal and informal. I estimate using this definition and the NAHO in our survey, the labor force from the informal sector, because uh, the NAE estimate the total labor force by difference, I compute the formal uh, labor force. The same thing I do it for the value added. I compute first the formal value added, I have the total value added, by difference I compute the value added of the formal sector. So with this figure, I can compute the labor productivity of the informal sector uh, uh, and the labor productivity of the informal. So this, this uh, first component says how much uh, increase or how much change the labor productivity if the productivity within the formal or the informal in sector increase. The, se the second component is the relocation effect. Is uh, is the movement of the flows 
the mobility of the labor force from the informal activities to the formal activities, or vice versa. If this number, this, this sum, is positive, it's good for the, for the structural change. That means that people are moving for low low labor productivity, in this case productivity in formal sector, to high labor productivity, which is the formal sector. If it's negative, it's the worst. Why? Because people are moving from high labor productivity to low labor productivity. Okay? <coughs> so I compute this. Uh, I compute and look at what happened with the figures. These are regions. I divide Peru in three regions. Poor regions, uh, middle-income regions, and rich regions. Okay? And the total, this, this, uh, the size of this rectangle is uh, the rate of change of labor productivity in percentage. So 40, in this case, close to 48% is plain of, because of the within effect, and 52 is, is plain because of the between effect. This is for poor regions, it decreased for, uh, excuse me, increased for middle-income uh, regions, decreased for region regions. This is for unweighted, and just take the average for, for Peru, and here is for the weighted. So if you take this as most represented with what's going on in Peru, most of the labor productivity of the region is explained because of the within effect rather than the dividend effect. You want to have economic development, this, this between effect is supposed to be higher. Because the lower, that means the higher is the gap between the, the formal and informal sectors. But what this is striking is not so much about this number. What this is striking is how many times, uh, how many times per Per year and per regions, these signs is positive or is negative. Okay, these numbers are the average of these 11 years and the 24. So we are talking about two, more than 200 observations. So the average you have positive number, negative you do compensate. So you you can see here below, in the case of the poor regions. 48% of the observations, region observation means regions and years, are negative numbers. That means for some regions and some years, labor productivity, because of this effect, has decreased. People have moved from high productivity, formal sector, high formal activity, to low, to low uh, labor productivity from the informal sector. So that move, the people are moving in this direction. But in average, are moving to the high productivity. Okay, the question is, once can you have the figures, what, why it starts to change has no occurred? Why this convergence in terms of activity has no occurred, despite of the fact that we have long periods of economic growth? And second, what are the effects of structural change affecting income distribution in this growth and poverty and so on? And of course, what policies are needed in order to foster structural change? In another paper, I deal with the first question 
Here I'm going to deal with the second question, and specifically I'm going to deal with uh, poverty. What are the effects of starting this reallocation effect on poverty? Um, I, here I, in this graph you can see the correlation once again. Uh, the green one is the rate of change due to the reallocation effect. The red one is the change of the economic uh, the rate of the, the rate of the GDP of the regions, and the blue one is the change of poverty. And here are the correlation. If you are going to see in most of this graph, the correlation between the reallocation effect and poverty rate of change of poverty is negative. If is statistically significant, and the correlation between growth and poverty is not significant, but negative. So you can say there is a positive, maybe economic growth is, is not good for reduction of poverty, but structural change, yes. So what I did is just applied uh, this ACOT model, an equation, this is the equation I applied, where this I, I have two measures of poverty, uh, two, two measure of poverty, uh, poverty health count rate and severity poverty. Severity poverty is the average difference between the minimum, the baseline uh, to become poverty, how much uh, how much the, the poor had to spend in order not to be poor, and the average of the income of the poor people. Okay. So the higher the gap, this, the severity of poverty is high. So I have two dependent variables to see what happened with the headcount, the rate of change of poverty, and the rate of change of uh, headcount rate uh, of severity. And here are my two focus variables, the reallocation effect. This is my measure of economic development process. And this is the, my measure of economic growth, the, the GDP. And I have to control for a lot of variables. Okay, what variables I introduce here? Traditional variables. One, of course, which also the, the, the government are interested in is what are the effects of the social problems? As uh, the Ojantu Mala, according to him, uh, they emphasize growth with, uh, with uh, inclu social inclusion. Social inclusion means to decrease poverty or to expand with programs that uh, alleviate poverty. Um, if you look at the figures, actually, it's more or less the same what happened with Dumala, with Alan Garcia, and with the previous. Uh, what are the, 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 the programs I, I select here in order to introduce as control variables? Social protection expenditure, health expenditure programs, housing programs, education uh, programs, and also uh, infrastructure, investment in infrastructure. And here I have, for those of you who are interested in our programs, here is at the list all the programs. Here uh, there is a, a, a good database, uh, the Ministry of Economy and Finances, que es uh, the SIAF, Consultora Vigable, se llama la web. You can actually identify how much are the programs. You have here all the list of programs. You can see here these numbers is the size of the program from 2007 to 2012 uh, relative to the GDP. Okay, and most of the figures are very low. 
Uh, I tried to uh, look at figures, similar figures for UK programs, and by far you have higher uh, budget uh, allocated to social programs than we have in Peru. But you don't have poverty as we have in the same sense as Peru. Okay, so uh, you are interested in this program here, at least most of the most, uh, uh, most of the most well-known programs that implemented, it has been implemented since 2004. There is a few recently implemented by, by Umala. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, let me just here uh, two, two data about the social programs. The rate of the, so, the, the investment in program has increased from 2007 to 2012 in 5% a year. For these six years, it's 30, in total, it's 31%. 31%. In average, it's five simple years. If you compare this figure of the social programs to elevate poverty with the infraction investment rate, uh, of course, the infraction investment has been higher. They have um, duplicated to 117 in the same period. So, uh, even though the emphasis in social programs is still the, the money, okay, and the worst, here is the, the worst figures they have. The amount of the budget allocated to each social program is relatively small, and the higher one, the program who has the highest uh, allocation, is the Seguro Integral de Salud. This is para 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 cómo se llama para para programas de salud, y es less es less than one es less es point one percent. It's actually be very, very low. Another, only because of time, another control value can introduce are exports, are in factors. And here I just uh, show you the results where uh, you cannot see. But the results are two things, okay? One, three results. You can see the, the it's, it's, I use a panel data with random effects, fixed effects, um, and a lot of robustness statistics to, to see if, if, if my results maintain it. But actually, whatever it says is, is maintained, is the same. The results are the, it, 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 it don't change too much, or doesn't change or whatsoever. First, social programs were not significant. So people could say, okay, but this is just macro figures, because there's a macro figures, okay? There's macro figures. There is one, I just find now, one study from the World Bank using the same uh, uh, survey now, who evaluates uh, using a quasi-experimental methodology, the programa Juntos. The programa Juntos is usually they give you 100 soles to family in order they provide, uh, they, they go to the, 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 the mother uh, incentive to the children to go to the school. So if they do that, they, they give you 100 soles. With 100 soles, only because of, because of the, 
the baseline, in order to define poverty, the baseline is so small, I have the figure, it's $80 per month is the baseline. You, you earn one cent more, $8 plus one cent, you no longer are poor in Peru. Okay? So the baseline is, it has not changed too much in the last five years. Okay. Economic growth has ha, grown, uh, uh, GDP has, uh, uh, the, the rate of growth has been like 6%, and the, the increase of the baseline has been 2 or 3%. Um, that alone could display why you have less people as poor, because you have the baseline is too, too little. Well, the first result is, uh, the junto result, say exactly the same. There is no effect for poverty, but there is an effect for people going to school. But this program juntos using a quasi-experimental methodology, which is more rigorous, is more my macro data, it come up with the same conclusion that I have at the, at the macro level. Second, surprising too, any growth variable, uh, GDP, exports, uh, none of them are statistically significant. So growth, you can say growth is also not significant for decreasing poverty. And the only variable who are significant for reduction in poverty is the relocation effect, the ones that are What that means in terms of simplest is very simple. I mean, the, the, the answer is very simple. Are people moving from the informal sector to the formal sector. The average, remember, the average in the formal sector is, is close to the minimum, a little bit the, the minimum. The average in the formal is two, four, four times more. So what is, the people going from the formal to the informal no longer are going to be poor. So that's basically what I'm saying in this. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mario.